So with Lily Kaplan, Nyan Friends is a short film uh, made at Northwestern University. We'll get to that in a bit. So Nyan Friends, that's that's German for no, no friends, I guess, right? Yeah. Yep. Two two meanings. So why 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 did you do the German the German saying? Um. Well, actually, the way it's, the script started um, was for a class that I had. I kind of mentioned in the blog thing um, that I was writing, like, kind of do-it-yourself script with no um, restrictions. And I was kind of thinking about how my birthday, which just happened, but last year had happened around the same time, obviously. Um, and I remember thinking, like, oh, in my birthday, there was this funny thing that happened with my mom. And it started off by being, like, my mom is French and sometimes, like, I was thinking of a character that had a parent that maybe spoke a different language and then it turned into like what language like it, I wanted to have that be part of it that there was like a different country and then it turned into just um I thought that the double meaning of it made a lot of sense because she has no friends yeah so the so the, the backstory is it's just this girl the girl's walking home from school or walking home in the nighttime she comes into her into her into her apartment or her dorm and all her friends are there and they are no, no all her no friends are there <laughs> and they want to celebrate her birthday and then nobody's really talking to her and it's become it comes like it's a very it's a very mature uh perspective of like about, about who your university friends are but the thing interesting thing is that you're you're only a, you're only a sophomore so i'm curious where this idea came up with where you came up with this idea because it's like it's it's about superficial friendships, I guess, right? That's the theme of your film. Yeah, I think that's like a really central theme. And a big part of it was I had written this original draft, but it became what it was completely with the co-writing of Annie Wallach, who is the other writer of the script and like a really great friend of mine, an amazing person. And she, I remember, was like there at my birthday, my, my first kind of um, experience at college. And it was my first time, both of our first times really meeting new people and being in this new environment. And I remember we really like wrote a large majority of the script while in quarantine for COVID that we both had happened to be at the same time. Um, and so part of it was like us kind of talking about these serious relationships we had and, and these fears and insecurities we had, but then joking about them and realizing that like these superficial moments and these fears about perception and all that stuff is actually quite funny in hindsight. Um, and so that's kind of the, the the take we tried to have. So we can try to like step forward into like real relationships that aren't as superficial and be purposeful about how we spend our time. Yeah. So without giving too much away, your lead character doesn't really, is only is really reacting. It's kind of interesting because everybody's talking blah, 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 blah in the film, right? Mm -hmm. But your lead actor until the, until the speech in the end doesn't really just reacting throughout the whole film. So it's kind of an interesting kind of lead in the, in the film, if that makes any sense. Where like, she's just, she's just like taking in like these really kind of crazy personalities, I guess, nine friends, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it was that we liked the idea that she, an idea, actually a reference that my co-writer Annie had was like Herman's head or Herman's house. Like the idea that there's multiple people in your head. Yeah. Um, and we also, something that was in the audience feedback video was the reference to that 70s show, which is something that stylistically we took a lot of inspiration from. Um, and the <laughs> idea that like, even if you're not literally on drugs, like they are in that 70s show, there is that altered state of perception when you are self-conscious and anxious. Um, I felt it myself with having anxiety. And uh, I think part of her lack of conflict being as, you know, talking as much, but even just using camera movement to 
see the characters from her perspective um, was like very intentionally used so that we could get inside her head um, and feel like yeah. these characters are real, but also a part of her at the same time because we're seeing from her perspective. Yeah, that's so, yeah, it's all from her point of view, I guess, right? It's funny you yeah. mentioned Herman's Head because that's a that's a sitcom way before your time. That's like from the early 90s. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, I mean, it was my my roommate. I mean, my roommate, my uh, my co-writer was the one that thought thought of that reference. It just makes me think of what you said. So yeah, yeah, no, it's just like because that's like the, the the basis of that show was like it's almost like Inside Out, where like that animation film where like mm-hmm. like there's like people going on. There's like different personalities, different kinds of tropes in our inside inside of us, I guess, right? Yeah, and we and one thing that I really thought of was how we go into school, we go into a workplace, we go into a new phase of life, and we kind of characterize people in the way that we imagine them. So like simultaneously, we feel like we're being judged, but we're also judging other people. Um, And that was something that we kind of wanted to like flip on its head and be like, wait, our character's doing that, but also you're doing that by looking at these characters and thinking these things immediately. Yeah, there's nothing more lonely. I know it's kind of like, there's like a certain comedy to it, which like you said, with perspective, it's funny, but there's nothing more lonely when you're in a room full of people and they're supposed to be your friends, but then you feel like there's no, you're not connecting with anybody, I guess, right? Yeah, I, I really feel like, and that's what's so hard about being in these new spaces, because you are trying your hardest to, you know, fit in and be that person for everyone else that you actually can sometimes lose yourself. And I think that that's where, again, not to spoil too much, but yeah. it kind of culminates at the end. Um, and you have that m- more, uh, what we plan to be more uh, moving, like, um, poignant moment because this character is actually letting all the chaos and comedy set in into something really real. Um, okay, yeah. so, so take people back to so you wrote in your blog interview where it's kind of it was kind of like a random movie that got made in a sense, right? Where like you're during COVID and all of a sudden you have this grant that you can submit to, and then you guys kind of pulled it together the last minute to kind of like submit this grant, I guess, right? Yeah, it was it was honestly such an amazing experience. I think part of it, like you said, being a freshman, I was very self-conscious just about my voice and I didn't really value what I had to say, which sucks, you know, when you're feeling young and not what, like what you have to say does, isn't, doesn't feel important. Um, and so part of it was that I was writing a lot and I had written this draft of a script, same, you know, called Nine Friends, but I didn't feel like it had the the it had so much more that needed to be developed with it. And I remember sending it to Annie and being like, what should we, what should we do? And she just, we, we were like so sick. We were FaceTiming the whole time while we were writing it, like on Celtics, just writing simultaneously. Um, and we ended you up had COVID, so it. just it like you had COVID while you're writing the grants. Yes. While we're writing the script, right? Like, so that kind of added to our like state. I remember calling my mom being like, is this too ridiculous to add in this? Like, and she was like, yes. And I, we delete something. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it kind of it was first that and then we submit to this grant. Uh, Studio 22 is a film like production company through Northwestern, which I'm actually on the board of now, which is such a cool experience, like being part of selecting the grants and all that. Um, But yeah, so we apply um, in the winter. Then we get to interviews. We get uh, we first go to pitches and we make this pitch um, just kind of like my directorial visual uh, you know, vision for it. And then we get to the interviews and then we end up luckily getting the grant. And it was so cool because there's these, all these script chairs that are part of the studio that helped us develop the script and a film manager who was so integral in helping like the production aspects of the film. 
And then, yeah, and then we shot in the spring and we had these three amazing seniors who let us shoot in their house and two amazing, like uh, our producers, Aaron, Vera and Joel, who really like were so on top of all the logistics because we did end up having to switch the shooting date because our actors got COVID and the location owners got COVID. So there were a lot of logistical yeah. things we kind of had to work around. So, okay. So then, so you kind of wrote the script in COVID, you kind of submitted the grant, you got accepted. And then you have, so that you're, so I guess some of you had like a producing mentor in a sense who kind of like helped you kind of find the pieces and put the film together. Yeah. So we had a crew of like 28, 30 people. Um, some people were alternates. So like 30 people. Um, and we had a, like a film manager, Tom yeah. Hussman, who's part of, yeah. So we had a, a film manager from Studio 22 who was awesome and helped us in a lot of ways. And then, but the, really it was like our producers, Aaron, Vera and Joel, um, who I mentioned in the credits I sent you. Um, yeah. They just like really like did the contracts and the RMP helped with the casting and the crew petitions and all of that. So that was like really like how, how it kind of happened. And then studio 22 was there for any questions we had um, and helped organize the premiere that we, um, you know, show, show, show so, our film. Yeah, at. So the, the biggest part, like I'm not, not to take anything away from your crew yeah. is that you have 10 actors. Yes. Right. Like for, for a 14 minute short film, that's a lot of actors and they all had a moment. Every actor has a moment too. Right. So mm -hmm. tell me about casting, tell me about like how you grabbed all these, these, these terrific actors and then kind of a mishmash of uh, different types of people, personalities. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest inspirations I had coming to Northwestern was the comedy scene here and the improv scene here, you know, just the improv in Chicago. So many people at Northwestern, go to Second City and take classes there and improve improv groups here. So a big part of casting was looking for people that had improv experience. Um, our lead, Alexis, was just like so versatile and, you know, had the emotional depth. And we I remember when we had casting, it was it was very surprising. You know, I had some friends that I was like, you'd be perfect this part. Um, my friend uh, Ella Stevens, who played Charlotte, the kind of mean girl ex-roommate um we totally saw for Amelie and then it was like oh wait she's has this huge energy and is so funny and it worked perfectly um and a lot of it was connection so when we had casting um the two characters that played um Kyle and Lyle um uh Rick and um Esteban who were those two actors they just were kind of just going off each other doing improv like part of the audition process was like them joking around with one another and like I remember Rick said this one like, you know, joke about like women's rights or something that was like yeah. so like satirical and funny in the audition. And we were like, oh, my God, he's he's great. Yeah, no, they're all they're all terrific. And it's like because the, the writing is really kind of it's really interesting. It's funny, but it's also kind of like there's a nice little social commentary where of this age group, because when you're in your 20s, well, at least most people, especially me where you have all kinds of ideas and there's a certain intelligence that you have, but you can't really put them all together into kind of a cohesive kind of like understanding of like how the world works, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. And so yeah, you got all these kind of, you, you kind, of, kind of all these random kind of like, like comments coming out of, of, of these, these, these actors and these, these performers. And it's so mm -hmm. interesting where like, it's like, you can't really take anything in because it's all like half, kind of ideas if that makes any sense so yeah oh and so the point is that it's the writing is really a really top notch oh well 
Thank you on behalf of Annie and I. That is very kind. Um, I do have to say also, though, that like we had, I think there was during the charades aspects of the film, every single take was different. So I remember we wrote things down, but I remember Rick, uh, for instance, would say something completely different every time or um, like Gus, who plays the Andre character, um, he would like every like he would say a different condescending comment um about like how he's an empath like you know it was like yeah. different every time and that's what kind of made it fun and kept everyone laughing and kept the energy up um and all the people like I think just got along very well I, I mean I from what I saw and from what I hope so it kind of increased the energy and the, the the cohesiveness of the language and also side note onto that I feel like a lot of the dialogue is kind of exaggerated in camp and we wanted to make sure that that was intentional and clear yeah. so we kind of leaned fully full force into it you know and then so so i like the staging of your film is really interesting because it's like especially in the beginning where we're like she's always kind of like in the bottom of the frame i'm sure that was like done intentionally where like everybody's kind of a, like was raised above her and like kind of looking down on her in a sense and she's kind of like the tiny little mouse in the room yeah, I mean, that's another thing that we were like, oh, we, I want this to, to happen. I remember talking to Stephen, the DP, about that. Like, how are we going to work with angles with that and making the shot list? And then I remember mentioning it to Myra Walker, the production designer, and she was like, looking at the chairs and the space because we scouted the location before. And we were like, what if we like put these two super tall chairs next to this very teeny chair? Like, yeah. this would just be so obvious what we're trying to do right now. And um, I just think like that was the kind of style of the whole thing was just excess and like showing because all these characters are trying to get noticed. They want attention. They are like life sucking in a way. And so we wanted that to be true with the angles and the um, kind of prod design as well. Well, that's how it works in a, in a house of 20 year olds, too. Right. Where like everything right. kind of, like everybody, everything is your parents stuff generally. Right. Where like it's all a mismatch. There's no like cohesive kind of art, art direction in the house, I guess. Right. Yeah, and that was kind of the point. We we really used mostly all the items in the house that we were filming in. It was uh, Sophia, Renee, and Julia, these three girls that just graduated Northwestern who were so kind to let us use their space. And um, like we, we, we just kind of found these really like funny, unique, like set pieces, like a vase with like really weird flowers and like toothbrushes that were like so bright and interesting and, and it was just kind of like we wanted to use their chairs and see like wow like wait they do have this really tall chair next to the short chair like we'll just lean into that and use those together so the then also like the day the, the actors kind of like dress themselves like how did you kind of like do the art like do the, the costume design for them yeah so okay I'm glad you um, mentioned the costume design because um, Izzy Nielsen did the um, costume design sorry wait my computer is lagging I'm just trying to um yeah sorry okay yes so Izzy like I said was uh did the costume design and she was just so on top of it I had like no experience doing costume design at this time so I remember like talking to her about it during petitions and she came in with like all these presentations basically um wanting to have Amelie in like muted colors and have like Claire who plays uh Candace the kind of thespian character in these kind of absurd, um, vibrant things and the witchy character, um, clitorious, you know, ha ha ha, um, yeah. in her, you know, like frills. Um, and, and like all of them were very practical, but also it kind of worked with the space. Um, and her and Myra definitely worked together to think of like, oh, how are we going to use these clothing, use this clothing to not only like 
make these characters, you know, who they are, but also make them feel concealed or seen. And like, how are the frat boys using their costumes to like kind of interact with other people or be obnoxious or be uh, attention seeking so forth? No, it's really because it's like they're they're dressed, they're dressing like university students, right? Right, right. Yeah. And we, we use mostly their own clothes, but we, we had like a few purchases for the more eccentric characters, um, but also some switching. Cause I had like one character or one actor that was playing a character completely different than themselves. But then we had a crew member that, you know, had clothing that fit with it. So we kind of like mixed and matched. So did you, did she have the, your lead actress, did she have glasses like, like that? Like what was the point of the glasses? Actually, when I think about that, well, so part of it, she doesn't wear glasses usually. I think they might be her glasses that she just wears contacts. I don't remember if, if they were somebody else's in the crew or not, um, but she wore the glasses. I mean, part of it was we wanted it to be, the, I mean, the largest theme in this film is like perception, right? Yeah. Um, and like, she takes them off like when she's in the bathroom, when she's finally talking to her mother. And even if you don't fully process that that's her mother on the phone, that's this person that yeah. isn't there for her until like her roommate or like the person that she loves is there for her. So we kind of just wanted it to be this set piece that represented like perception um, and reflections, you know, like how do you see yourself? Like in that first shot of her walking in, we wanted those like double mirrors to be like, yeah. look at all these layers that we're seeing her through and these um, walls that she's built up for herself, but also that others have for her. Yeah, it's a nice shot. Like there's a it's a shot like you're there's like three frames of her, like two different mirrors. Yeah, it's really it's a really because yeah, I'm sure you had to find a mirror like that to kind of like grab kind of get that shot that you wanted, I guess. Right. Yeah. And and that was to everything. We wanted it to be something I even like I remember working with um, the actors, and especially with Alexis, like talking about how we obviously didn't want to make her uncomfortable by any means. But I remember she was wearing these clip-on earrings that were my grandmother's, which um, was fun when my grandma watched it. She was like, oh my God, love. Um, But also just them being like kind of uncomfortable and having these rings and feeling like, oh, these rings are getting tighter on me. Like, how are these set pieces? How are these uh, props kind of like interacting with me to to accentuate like my character's emotions and like how they would be feeling in these moments? Um, Yeah, so that was kind of part of it too. So then it's it's interesting that you were talking about, about, when you're writing the scripts, like you got you, you got COVID and you're talking to your your girl, actually, you said you called your mom and asked her her opinion. <laughs> and then in the script, like your lead actor is like calling your mom and like <laughs> and saying, mom, yeah. it's like she's like centering you in the, with the process, I guess. Right. And you kind of like in the in the script process and in the film itself, I guess. Right. The mom character. Oh, like the mom. Yeah. And I think it's it's just showing love. And I feel like in life, like it in this in the script again i'm not going to fully ruin the end but the mother does do something that some people would consider very nice and setting something up that is very nice and putting thought and time into it even though you might be like oh this is impersonal this is embarrassing um but it's like how do people show love how do you get like real attention from people because sometimes it is just a superficial like oh i gave you this present okay good it's done oh i made this party for you okay cool that's showing my love but for most people it's like you want to have those experiences and i remember my mom watching it and being like ha 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 like this is like my voicemail and it's not like she's not like the character at all but i think that there's moments and things you pull from that like you know it's just it can feel like this whole story of feeling like not supported and not loved can come from just a moment of like reaching out to someone in a time of need and they're not them not being there Um, and that doesn't mean they don't actually love you but you know that that feeling 
But then in the end, there's like, there's one person who kind of gets it, which I like. Yeah. I like that, that there was that one guy or whatever character that kind of like, kind of gets it. Like the other one, the other eight are oblivious, but at least there's like that one person who kind of understands where she's coming from. Yeah. And we really wanted to emphasize that he was listening the whole time, yeah. you know, and he's doesn't feel the need to be seen always. Um, and even though his, um, present at the end is kind of a button and kind of supposed to be funny and comedic it's also like it is thoughtful and it's sweet and it put it shows that it had energy and in thought put into it um and I feel like that's sometimes all it takes and I feel like at the end of the day we have these concepts in life that we need more 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 we need more friends we need more affirmation we need more xyz and it's really it's like one thing that really matters you need the person that's like actually thoughtful the the one person that calls you xyz so it's yeah. funny because that that's like the number one tip for making films or writing scripts or writing stories. Less is more, <laughs> as you just <laughs> kind of like referred to. So I'm like paraphrasing what you said. So basically, it's like with friendships, too. It's like you rather have one good friend, solid friend than 10 OK friends, I guess. Right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. No, for sure. Um, yeah. That's what it's about. OK, so you're you just had a birthday uh, a couple of weeks ago. You're yeah. a sophomore at, at Northwestern mm -hmm. University, so people can kind of guess your age. So this is, was this your first film that you've made or like what's your, what's your experience so far? Yeah, I had made um, two. So the first film I ever made was something I wrote at the Northwestern Sheriff's program when I was 16, um, when I just, I was doing a summer program here and that was made into a short film um, that was about like seven minutes long. Um, and then I made two more films with another a kid that I met actually at that program who ended up going to NYU, which is near where I grew up. Mm -hmm. um, and so I worked on two films there, which I um, co-directed with him. One was called The Humanity Test. Um, I think I like uh, mentioned to you and went to some festivals and it was just like a, a very much a COVID project. It was just the two of us. Yeah. And then we made another project called uh, Four Walls that um, was again, like, very, very intense, um, definitely like COVID infused. And I, I think I had worked on like about six short films at Northwestern before directing in the spring, oh. Nine Friends. Um, and I worked as a production designer, as a associate producer, um, as an art crew member on a stop motion film. So I had like a, diff a, a experience in some different mediums, um, but definitely like wanted to do something that was a comedy and wanted to do something where I had creative control but also collaborating like I definitely think my favorite projects are working on things with like large groups of people um and co-writing is always so fun so so you're yeah. on your you're on you're definitely on your way like you really got into the filmmaking world in the last like year and a half yeah and I'm and it, it's been kind of a cool cool way to like meet new people here and I'm, I'm I mentioned to you also um in the blog post but I'm producing a feature at Northwestern for um, with this organization, Applause for Cause. We make a, a full length film every year. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's an exciting process. So, yeah. So, so um, I'm just curious, like a segue question. You're from New York City and you went to school in Northwestern. Is there any reason why you decided to branch to, to the, the Midwest? Yeah, I mean, definitely the fact that um, I went to that summer program here when I was 16 and I made this first film. And I just think that at Northwestern, there's so much like 
emphasis on individuality and creativity. You know, I was really deciding between going to an arts and sciences school versus going to like, or fully like a liberal arts school or going to a film school, right? And I think yeah. Northwestern is very much so like in the middle of those things. Um, you know, you have a, a very fully fledged film program, but I'm also double majoring in legal studies. So I'm, you know, taking comparative constitutional law and U.S. refugee law, and I'm able to do kind of both of those things. So that's kind of why like Northwestern is a great fit for me. But I was also just like wanted to be in it, live in a new place um, for sure. So you're busy. You're basically busy right now. Yeah, but also just, you know, having fun, living life. <laughs> so what is your, what do you think your goal is? What do you think when you graduate, do you think you want to be a filmmaker? Like, what do you, what do you. That's think? totally my goal. Yeah. I mean, I love directing and I love writing and I love producing and. So eco you know, studies I, is just like a kind of like a hobby or something. Oh, that's just like, I think it's interesting. And I also think it's important to, you know, for me to be knowledgeable about these other components of the world and especially if I'm making films about the world, I want to understand like themes and social issues and like law. And also if I'm going to be like fiscally responsible, just like kind of those types of things. But honestly, a lot of people at Northwestern double major because uh, the quarter system. So Everybody's it's smart. not too bad. Yeah. Sorry. Everybody's smart. You go to the, oh, well. <laughs> you get in that school, you have to have a certain intelligence, I guess, right? I don't know. I don't know. I would just because, you know, it's quarter <laughs> system. So it goes by pretty quick. Um, it's it's definitely, though, um, uh, a great opportunity. I'm very lucky. So we sent you the audience to you, the audience feedback video. What did you think about the, the video that we sent you? Genuinely so cool to hear people talk about this project. Like, just first and foremost, like, I'm so freaking honored that people took the time to kind of talk about it and discuss the things. I, I think the thing I kind of mentioned earlier about how uh, it was mentioned that um, the reference to like that 70s show and certain like stylistic intentional things about um, camera angles and like the saturation of certain um, shots and how what that has to do with like certain things is just like it was so awesome to see that those that actually translated to the audience um and i remember there was one woman who discussed um something that wasn't actually very clear who who the protagonist was talking to and i remember being like wow that's actually very helpful that i got that honest feedback that oh this thing wasn't clear and it could have just taken like oh, my mom or like so, some some line there she's kind of distinguishes what's happening but yeah i think my overall takeaway from the from the audience feedback was that a, I'm honored to hear that people understood a lot of what we were trying to say. And secondly, that now in the future, I know um, maybe to be more thoughtful and clear, clear about um, certain things that maybe we lacked. Yeah. Well, no, but at the same time, you could also argue that it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be your mom too, right? Right, also, right. It could, yeah. And I think that's, sorry, I, I just, I think that's what I love about film and art and all these yeah. things. Like people also said things that I was like, oh, I did not necessarily mean for that to be what it was but that's cool that you interpreted it that way and I think you're right like it, it is the mom in this scene but it all is also like supposed to be a stand-in for anyone that you you know anyone is reaching out to and I think that plays in with the absurd nature of the film that is a metaphor for multiple things um, and not necessarily tied to like reality so tightly well when, yeah. anytime you're making a film like you're though you're making with like about friendships it's like everybody's going to project their own kind of experiences too right so does it even also depends what how old you are as well so if you're still in university which some of the people were in the feedback video 
they're gonna they're gonna have a different perspective than someone like myself or older. So they're gonna I'm gonna project from my experiences 20 years ago, right? So mm-hmm. but that's that's what makes for a great film because you're like we're we're just we're experiencing your film through our our point of view, I guess, right? Yeah, and that's what's so cool about it, like that there are people of all ages and from different like having different experiences, talking about it and relating to it and understanding what it means in different contexts. Because like I said, like not only the the people you meet and feeling these tropes kind of coming to life in various ways, but also feeling yourself, uh, feeling pigeonholed into like needing to identify a certain way and express yourself. So. Well, you're on your way. So looking like, like good luck, best of luck with your feature. And I'm sure you got to hear it to you in your future as a director as well. So just taking all that experience that you're learning and like how the production's done. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk again when you make your next films. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I like, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. I'm genuinely so honored and excited that I got to be featured and that our film just got to get featured in such an amazing festival and in your podcast. So like from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven.